barely see you. I can barely see you. Oh, nice. Now we've got a, a full migration going on here. <laughs> this is way, way better than I had planned for. Very nice. Nice. Okay. Anyways, guys, thank you for coming. Happy Sunday. Take it, Jesse. All right. Oh. <laughs> You felt left out. <laughs> Are you sweating? Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. We had a really good meeting Thursday night with the ladies. It was deep. Really, really good. Are we ready, Hate? Yeah, we started the stream and still pointing. Oh, okay. Amazing. Y'all doing well? Oh, nice. You ready for a good church? Okay. <laughs>Good morning. Welcome to church. I am Jesse Lee Peterson. Thank you for being with me. You can get involved by going to our YouTube chat line and we can answer your questions or comments, reply to them. I do appreciate it. Good morning, y'all again. How y'all? Amazing. Thank you all for coming. It's nice. Um, <clears throat> so before, so this is a, a fellowship. It's not a teaching. All right, so we all helping one another. Everybody's as smart as everyone else. All right, any question? Anybody have any questions before we get rolling? Wow, nobody had a life this week. <laughs> you had a life? Oh, right here. One person dealt with the devil. Okay, tell us about it. How much time we got? <laughs> Ten minutes at best. So we know you've been dealing with this stuff at school with your kid. Yeah, yeah, and the Frontier kind of moved over into coaching. I've been coaching youth sports for a very, very long time. And um, uh, my son is not really part of what's happened lately. His mom has been successful at um, removing him from the teams that I've been coaching and convincing him uh, – to uh, to be uh, upset about my my approach. I'm, I'm a very disciplined coach. You know, I run things in a pretty strict way. It's unusual for Los Angeles. Right. So that's a sidebar, but that's kind of what started all a few months ago. But um, what happened over the last few weeks is that I got a phone call two weeks ago on a Thursday night. Um, I have to submit my COVID test every week in order to be able to coach the kids because I don't have the shots. And they called me and said there was an irregularity in my COVID test that I had recently submitted. And I said, I'm not sure what that's all about. I'll take a look at it when I get home. They make a long story short, the next morning at 8 a.m., I got an email from the, uh, the league. It's a soccer league called AYSO. It's the biggest soccer league in the United States. And that they had suspended me from coaching. Wow. 
yeah. I've been coaching there for a long, long time. And so they, they, the phone call was three minutes the night before. They gave me a three-minute phone call. And the next morning, they sent me the suspension. My assistant coach on the team did not contact me. And within 10 minutes of that email, he sent an email to all of the families that I've been coaching and told them uh, that I had been uh, suspended. Head, the headline, Coach Dragon, that's my last name. Coach Dragon's been suspended indefinitely from coaching. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And... Uh, Details about my medical information, which is private, and about the fact that I, the idea that I had been under investigation, which I'm not even aware of. This is a COVID committee within the AYSO soccer that, so it's been a persecution for a couple of weeks. It's been very difficult. A lot of parents and kids have been really confused about what's been going on. And I've been enduring it. I actually took it as a blessing because, as you guys know, there's been a lot going on in my life for the last several months. And this is one case where I knew I hadn't done had not done anything wrong yeah. so it's actually quite easy to endure it in some ways and to know uh, scripture tells us you are blessed if you endure persecution for righteousness sake and i knew that's exactly what it was i'm not saying it was easy it was a difficult couple of weeks but i knew god was involved in it and uh then on friday afternoon um i had i had been appealing i appealed the decision to the next higher level within ayso and uh, they had been siding with the earlier decision, and I thought that was the direction it was going to be going. <clears throat> and I was pushing them very hard to get all the facts out on the table because the other, <clears throat> or the other people didn't. Like I said, I got a phone call, and the right. next morning, boom, it was done. These guys took their time. They were, they were convinced, seemingly convinced that I was guilty, uh, but I got an email on Friday afternoon that they had... Uh, they had uh, discovered the, f the true facts, and that I had not done anything wrong, and they were uh, going to be overturning the suspension. So, praise oh, God. Will be. Oh, nice. Right on. Wow. First, you put us in shock, and then it makes us feel good. Right, right on, man. Yeah. Good. So, praise him. I was just, I was, my immediate reaction was just, I was so grateful that God was using me in this battle uh, against the enemy and to, to kind of stand up for his will and his kingdom and yeah. to, to be a little example of, of Christ somehow, um, I felt blessed to do that. It was not easy, and as you know, I've been going through a lot of this kind of stuff for yeah. quite a while, but that's, that's what he calls us into if we want to really be a true believer and to grow the kingdom of God here on earth. We have to be willing to do those kind of things, and I yeah, think as we, are, sure. as we are willing, he will call us more and more in, into that kind of life, but you got to be, you know, Absolutely, man. Amazing. Well, congratulations. That's amazing. Yeah. Nice. Anybody else? Oh, you're back from the funeral. You went to the funeral. Oh, yeah. Oh, hold on. <laughs> hold on one minute. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Holy cow. So his brother expired, and his brother lived in, lived in Canada. Yeah. And at one time, he thought he could go because of the Chinese virus and all that. And then because your family don't like one another or something, right? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Okay. Um, yeah, my brother, Kyle Gannon Grisbeck, died in Vancouver. And... Um, I'm over here. Would you look at that? Yeah, floor? and then he was like, he was like, we were trying to figure out why he used these Open last two eyes, names. Open your eyes, man. What? Open your eyes. 
Oh, sorry about that. Sorry about that. Yeah. I, uh, anyway, <laughs> we are trying to, me and my brother were trying to figure out why he did not use our last name, Gannon, versus Grisbeck. And now we figured it out. We figured out that he loves his, our mom better than <laughs> our dad. So that's why he adopted the last name. And it's like, okay, fine. And then we, I, got to, I got to Vancouver, surprisingly. And the reason I got to it is I tried to you call the Canadian consulate, and they says no chance from, from L.A. I tried every work, all the, I tried to call Air Canada yeah, at the airport, and, and they says there's no way. So I got... I bypass everybody and I, I apply through compassionate care on the Canadian website. And on the Canadian website, they says, oh yeah, your brother died. You can, <laughs> you can come to, from LA to uh, Vancouver to see his funeral. And I was like, okay, um, how? I goes, all you gotta do is just get a PCR test and everything. And he goes, what about the vaccine? He goes, no. No, your brother died. You don't need the vaccine to visit Vancouver, Canada. Nice. And I was like, okay, so I'm happy. Right on. And then uh, big drama. I visited my brother. I I visited whatever. I guess what you call it. Um, my brother's last known residence in Vancouver, and that was a shocker. Um, he lived in a traumatic brain unit, and I I discussed it with my brother Mike. And he says, oh, you, did you know why Kyle's here? I goes, I have no idea why Kyle is here. Why is he in a traumatic brain unit? Oh, he goes, apparently in 2018, he was in the downtown east side of Vancouver, sitting on a bench, and somebody hit him with a, a bat or a crowbar, I don't, we don't know, and basically handicapped him. I goes, no, he didn't get blind, he didn't get exactly crippled but he couldn't walk and he had to use a walker and I was like and I discussed with my brother like how how and and the people that worked well not worked he will he was living in a traumatic brain injury retirement home or something for people and it was there were like 22 residents all with traumatic brain injury so and, let me ask uh, this long story short he had a brain injury. You didn't know about it because the family's not close. It's yeah, together, me, right? me and my brother Mike hate each other. Right. And actually, we all hate each other. <laughs> I mean, like, like everybody hate each other. I mean, we even hated Kyle, even though he's dead, right? You know. <laughs> and why did you go to his funeral knowing you hated him? Because I should have forgiven him a long time ago. But and you did, I, and now he's dead. It was too late. Sorry, was that? But he's dead before you can forgive him, right? He died before. Yes. And so why, once he died, what was the purpose of going to the funeral? Because I realized I screwed up in how... But because how, I haven't forgiven him for, like, like, he, like, like, the last time I saw my brother was when I was 33. And, you know, I'm now, like, 61. So it's like, what, 28 years? And uh, the reason I, I didn't forgive him was because he screwed me of $64,000 when I was 33 years old. And I couldn't forgive him for that. <laughs> and right. so why did you go to the funeral then? 
because I knew that even if though it was $64,000 when I was 33 years old, I should have forgiven him maximum five years, you know, even <laughs> though, you know what I mean? It's just like, I shouldn't have, you know, you know, goes, okay, it's money. So why did you go to the funeral though? Why did I go to the funeral? Because otherwise, I'd feel like crap. I don't know, because I wanted to know who, 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 who this guy, Kyle, is. I had no idea who he is. I mean, I don't have any idea who his friends oh, were. Your brother? Yeah, yeah. And so do you feel better now that you've gone to the funeral? Oh, I feel way better. <coughs> all, your, all your guilt is gone for not forgiving? No, the guilt's not completely gone. See, um, it was a waste of trip. No, it's not a wasted trip because I, I, I was kind of surprised. I mean, God works in mysterious ways because there was a lady there. I heard that before. Uh, well, there was a lady there that worked in the trauma brain injury unit, and she was one of three caretakers there and maybe a, a, in charge there, supervisor capacity. And she told me two, two and a half to three hours of information about Kyle that we never knew. Like, she volunteered it. And it goes, I'm not really supposed to do this, but I'm going to volunteer it on a personal level. <laughs> and she did. Well, that, so Kayla, I mean, she's this lady in her 50s, like 51, and she's like, okay. I consider hey, Kyle a brother. Hey, we got to move on with church. Okay. But let me ask, all that did not help you overcome the anger, the, uh, the guilt. It didn't cause you to forgive him. <clears throat> no, I've forgiven him. I've forgiven him. I, I've... I'm, I'm really pissed off at myself for, for not forgiving him earlier. Right. I mean, and then finding out that he had this traumatic brain injury thing. Like, I have no idea who this guy is. I mean, like, I would love to find his friends in Vancouver before he got this traumatic brain injury thing in 2018. Well, why do you need to know now? <coughs> well, well, it's because, okay, here's the mystery, the big mystery. We showed up, me and my brother showed up. Isn't it in, my brother and I? Oh, my brother and I. Sorry, my brother and I, we showed up <laughs> at this TBI center. And this lady, Kayla, goes, who are you? I goes, I'm Alex. This is my brother, Mike. He goes, goes we're his brothers. He goes, he doesn't have brothers. Wow. You don't exist. I goes, no, we are. We have the same last name. He goes, you do not exist. And then she and did you get she back looked on it, the plane she looked and it up. go back home after that? Sorry, was that? Did you go back home after that? Uh, I spent a few days. I spent like but six days in Canada. He didn't even want you at the funeral. Who did not want me at the funeral? Your brother? No, no. My brother Kyle that, that died or my brother Mike? Is Mike dead? No, Mike, my brother oh, Mike's alive. The one that died did not want you there. No, he, 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 he told the people at the TBI. But just think about it, though, if he wanted that, you there, they would have known about you. He told them that he had no brothers right. at all. And so they were surprised. Like, who is this Alex guy? Who is this Mike guy? I know, but my point is you went way to Canada for no reason. No, it was a... No, it's because I, I went there... Because I felt guilty, and because I, I, I want <laughs> to see guilt. my brother. What? That's not a reason to go. Nate, we bring some water. 
mean, it's not a reason to go. What? I mean, your brother died. You know, he's okay. He's only 49 years old. Right, but if he had wanted you there, he would have told someone, "I do have brothers, and I like for them to know I'm I'm in a trauma center. I may die. Let them know, right?" Yeah. Okay. But he made no effort to let it be known that he had brothers, right? No, he specifically. He was asked numerous times by the center workers, "Do you have family?" And he gets no. And they're always and, suspicious because they felt that. He I know, was. but my point is, if he didn't want you there, by not letting people know he had a family, why did you have to go? Except for guilt. No, I did not know that he didn't. We did not oh, exist. I, I I did not know when, he, like we when we showed up, we were surprised that. Thank you. We were surprised that we didn't exist, according to the TBI center. And, uh, and then it goes, okay, so it's, there's like 22 other people that were TBIs. And we, we thought we existed in his life, but he had completely written us off right. uh, without our knowledge. Nice. Not nice. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I mean, I've, I've got some closure out of it. So because um, of time, all is well now? You're back home. I'm, I'm well I'm back at the job. You still have job. the guilt? The guilt? I mean, like, uh, I mean, I'm never going to live this down. You're not? I'm never going to live this down. So because... you're going to live like that for the no, rest of your life? It's, no, it's just that it's going to haunt me. Why? Because I screwed up. I screwed up. I should, you should, you can't. You, but you don't you need to live that way the rest of your life, though. No, I know, but you can't. It just... How can you not forgive a family member or your youngest brother for after five? I mean, you should cap it at maybe five years, <laughs> even if it's financially. You know what I mean? But how do you know how many years you should go first? Well, I think, I think in general, <laughs> if it's not money, it should be three, like three days. And if it involves significant sums like 50000 or more, but, then, then five years. <laughs> and then five years or more. Oh, I God. mean, no more than five years. But God said to go right away and forgive. Uh, <laughs> you're right. I should have. I mean, it's, a lot of people don't forgive, but especially when it comes to money. <laughs> right? You know, it's like, right. you know, I mean, you I should got, forgive, though. I should have. I mean, I should have but capped it in now five that years. you didn't drop it, let it go and live your life. That I have to work on. I have to work on because uh, this is definitely what a bad brother does. You know, <laughs> I mean, I'm definitely a bad older brother. And my other brother is a bad second brother. And we're, <laughs> so, we're both living with guilt. <laughs> what a mess. Yeah. It's, but oh, it's, your other no, brother it's only because of forg we lack forgiveness. It's a mess. Right. That's the only reason. Well, your only reason now is because you are judging yourself. It didn't happen, so it didn't happen. Yeah. You know, you should have done it. You didn't do it. Let it go. <sighs> Sorry, I'm sighing. Um, okay, yes, I'm judging myself. But that was a royal screw-up. <laughs> it was... All unforgiveness is a royal mess-up. Royal mess. Anyone that has... Unforgiveness in their heart are no good. Yeah, but that's most people. Most people don't think everybody until they do it. I mean, I mean, like, so like drop a it. prime example of no, somebody that hasn't forgiven for five plus years. I mean, I'm, I'm sure in this audience, there's ninety percent of the people have have are holding a grudge for five plus years. But 
But um, so drop it now. Let it go. I'm trying. Yeah. I'm being, but. Which one feel better, to, to drop it or to feel guilty for the rest of your life? You prefer to feel guilty or to be free? I feel prefer to be free. So let it go then. Stop listening to your dad and the devil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just, you know, forgiveness is, is a blessing. And so why don't you forgive then? I'm, I, I mean, I've, I've forgiven him. I'm not okay, forgiving. so drop it. It's hard to not, I've forgiven my brother Kyle, but it's hard to forgive myself, I guess. And why is it hard to forgive yourself? Because I shouldn't have been held a grudge for five plus years. I know, but That's you did. Ins it's insane. Right. Um, how can you forgive him but not yourself? Because. What a hypocrite. How, how can, can I forgive him? Because he's dead, number one. Right, and you're alive, so why not forgive yourself? Yeah, but if you do bad actions and you know you did those bad actions, you have to let it go. I guess let it go. Yeah. Otherwise, we're going to be going to your funeral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let it go, man. It's hard. It's hard. I mean, my brother Mike has a hard time with this. Right. We both feel like crap. But. It's unnecessary. The man is dead now. But he's in our heads. And that's where the devil dwells. You're listening to the devil in your head. And by listening to the devil, you're worshiping the devil. <sighs> but, okay, I guess... Not forgiving is devilish, then. Yeah. You worship the devil. Yeah, yeah. As long as you worship the devil, God cannot be your God. Yeah, I guess I have to progress through this. How come white people have to progress through everything? <laughs> <laughs> white people are so intellectual, everything is a process. Let it go. God is not holding that against you. The devil is deceiving you. And it, I thought it would bring me and my brother closer together, and we had a big fight on the phone. Right, two devils. Right, over, over at actually, you know, it's like he started saying something, and I started, I swore at him, and I goes, I said something nasty about, you know, I goes, no wonder my brother's dead, youngest brother's dead, because the way you treat me is the way you treated my bro youngest brother. He goes, you're just a jerk. You know, so how old are you? I'm 61. My brother's 59. Y'all still fight like that? Yeah. What? The? Yeah. This is what happens when you <laughs> come from a dysfunctional dad. I know, but let it go, man. It's over. Uh, it's over. And now it's you... o okay. I have a question. If it's over, how come me and my brother fight so much, even though we're 59 and 61? Because you still believe in the devil. Okay. Yeah. Let's say I stop believing in the devil. Right. What about my brother, Mike? It's up to him. But we still yeah. fight like cats and dogs. But you won't fight with him. He'll fight by himself. Well, we're, 
our relationship is very difficult. All Even though he's my youngest difficult. brother. You're not special. All relationships are like that. <clears throat> so you're not special. Okay, you're right. Well, I guess all relationships are, brotherly so, relationships are like that, I guess. All relationships, brother, sister, mama, daddy. Yeah. I guess... Uh, so let it go. Stop wishing for the devil. Yeah, okay. It's easier said than done. And why? I guess because I carry a lot of guilt. Come out, of your, come out of your head. Yeah, you're right. I'm living That's all you have to do. You're right. I'm too much in my head. <coughs> That's all you have to do. You'll be fine. So what do I do about my brother Mike? Let my him suffer and die. Let him suffer and die? <laughs> yeah. Nothing you can't do about it. Uh, so this dysfunctionality is going to carry on toward both that. Unbelievable. It doesn't have to carry on with you. Oh, okay. Okay, I understand. Yeah, you're right. It doesn't have to carry on with me. Yeah. At least my son's doing good, so I'm okay with that. At least I'm not carrying this stupid tradition of dysfunctionality. Well, if you forgive, then your son will be fine, too. Just realize Mike, his name Mike, right? Can't help no, himself? No, no, no. Mike is my, my brother, second brother. Oh, the one that's but living. Uh, he, he, he lives in Canada. Just realize he can't help it. And you live your life and you'll be fine. Yeah. But my, right? son, my son's Hunter's doing fine, so I'm doing okay. Come but out of your head. He's shocked at how this turned out. Shop, come out of your head. I got to move on. Okay, okay, sorry. I'm trying to save your soul, but... Okay, no problem. One soul out of a thousand is nice. Uh, but listen, drop it. Come out of your head. That's all you're doing wrong. Okay, get out of my head. Okay. So... How, how can I get my brother to think like you? <laughs> By not trying. By making no effort to help my brother? Right. Oh, goodness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just like... Okay, we just... Okay, just... Okay. <laughs> I just got to stop this, this dysfunctionality, I guess. Yeah, come out of your head. Okay. And live your life. Okay. But yeah. I'm glad I went to the funeral. I'm glad you went to. I mean, I am glad. And just, I don't know who this guy is, though. I mean, if I could just, I'm trying to figure out. You don't need to know now he's dead. Yeah, but I'm trying to figure out who he was in the last you, 20 years. You don't I, need to know that either. But it's such a mystery. Like, he's like Mr. CIA. You got to take, take care of your own life now. He did. Yeah. All right? Yeah, he's definitely dead. I didn't <laughs> expect my youngest brother to die first. What a mess. I didn't, honestly. I just, it's shocking that, you know, your youngest brother dies. Okay. Okay, sorry. My younger, two of my younger brothers died before me. They're like real young. And I'm like, what the? Yeah, but we're only one of three, so now we're down to two. <laughs> right, you know? All right. Okay. Well, he did. Come yeah. out of your head and live your life, all right? Okay. All right, can I move on now? Yeah, yeah, please, please, please.
Are you doing the silent prayer? Uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> well, suffer. That's all right, Mark. Okay. Yeah, suffer. Yeah, suffer and die. Anybody here for the first time? Oh, nice. What's your name? How do you hear about us? Eric. Eric. And, uh, uh, Eric and a friend introduced me to your videos. Right on. Any questions or anything? There's a couple of questions I might have. Uh, one that's sort of been in my mind recently is, um, uh, can God get surprised? Can God get surprised? Surprised. Or is, the, or is being surprised like a condition that only humans go through, or not God's? Yeah, you can't surprise God with anything. That's, that's kind of what I thought. Yeah, he knows all things. Yeah, so no, you can't. So, okay. So being surprised is like strictly a human yeah, thing. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Did you go and forgive your mother? Yes. How did it go? Uh, went. It went good that it happened, and her the the show that she put on was pretty entertaining. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This show was pretty what? Entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. Nice movie, huh? Uh, I would buy the DVD. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and how about your father? That was. I would buy several of those DVDs because he, oh, yeah. he, it was the complete opposite. He, he just looked right at me and said, I believe you. Right on. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah. And so how's your life going now? Uh, I guess it's going good. I guess I shouldn't get it, but yeah, it's, it's going well. Yeah, it's man. decent. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're here. Thank you. Yeah. Your name and how do you hear about us? My name's Eddie, and uh, I heard about you guys like three years ago um, from the slut videos. <laughs> oh, what a slut. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And so did you go and forgive? Uh, yes, I did. How did it go? It went good. I forgave my mother and my father. They were both together, and I forgave them. And it felt good. It felt good. It was a, it was a blessing. Right on. Are you doing a silent prayer? I'm not doing the silent prayer. Why not? I fall asleep. Amazing. Yeah, I, I actually so, tried it. And because you fall asleep, you just decide not to do it at all? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just, uh, I try to do it and I just, I fall asleep, so. So you could forget about it. I'm not going to do it. Uh, yeah, I guess, yeah. Did uh, you have a job? Yes. Oh, good. Yes. All right. Uh, okay. Well, any questions? Uh, no, I just wanted to uh, come and see you right and, and uh, just let you know that I appreciate the work that you're doing, uh, building young men to men. Right on, man. Because well, we need that in our society. I'm glad you're here. Thank you. Uh, who else? Over here, right? Good morning. Good morning. What's your name? How did you hear about it? Uh, my name is Steve. I've been watching the YouTube channels for a few years now. Right on. And did you go up again? Yeah, I did. How did it go? Um, it went well. Um, my mom's not an angry person. Well, my mom's one of those nice moms. Oh, Lord, those yeah. are worth one. So she... They I seem so I, nice and they raise so much hell. Yeah, and I realize that, too. Because sometimes the nice moms are, can be the worst. Yes, absolutely. Because, uh, yeah, it, it, it's, it's more sneaky what they do. Instead, they control you in a non-aggressive way. Yeah. So Amazing. And so you forgave your father, you know, you forgave your father and mother, right? I forgave my father as well, yeah. And so how is life going now for you? Life is going well. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah man. Are you doing the silent prayer? I do the silent prayer. Stay with it. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Any questions about anything? Um, yeah, I have, I have a question about, um, is it wrong to like partake in some of like the worldly things like listening to music and watching movies and stuff like that? Is it wrong? Yeah, do you think that it's, uh, there's anything wrong with it? No, not as long as you're not getting an identity from it. Right. As long as you know not, it's not, you're not using it to save you from conflict or anything. Absolutely no. I see. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, as long as you're not using it as like an escape or something. Right. Yeah. Not like a drug or something. Right. Yeah, yeah that, that's clear. Good, okay. man. Nice. Anything else? Um, that's it for now. I'm just here to listen. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're here. Thank you. The person next to you, they been here before? Uh, this is my son. Yeah. That's your son? Yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Wow. He look, you look as young as he does. <laughs> yeah, I get that all the time. Does he beat you up? <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, he's getting stronger. Yeah. Nice. Any other questions? Anybody? Anybody seen the movie God is Not Dead? Oh, y'all saw it? Did you see that, Francisco? Oh, you didn't see it. Uh, what did you think about that movie? Is this your family? Yeah, this is my family. That's your husband? That's my husband. That's the man you're talking about? Whoa! Were you guys talking about me? Oh, but, man. Uh, <laughs> we drugged you through the mud Thursday night. No wonder you're here. <laughs> no, I'll play. I just didn't realize the two of you were together. Yeah. Nice. Okay, go ahead. Um, what did you think of the movie? I thought it was a good movie. Um, it definitely hits all the emotions about... It's been a while since I've seen it. It shows basically science versus God. And yeah. it's about that young man who, for those who haven't seen it, it's about a college kid who is Christian, and he goes to a professor, psychology, I think, whatever his um, major was. And the psychology major, the teacher, says God is dead. So the boy comes out, and you know his whole point is to prove that God is alive. Yeah. And I think throughout the process, it's just a spiritual awakening for everybody. You know, the, it shows how the intellect can really drown you yeah. and, you know, cloud you and not believe that, you know, God exists because like, like you've, you've explained, Satan attacks your mind yeah. and the mind tends to power everything else. So when Satan and your mind is believing science, you know, facts over faith, um, then it tends to like pull you away from it. So I think the movie is really good in showing you that if you just have faith and you just surrender your will, and just say you like like you've said when you came back from being sick, you're just all in. Yeah. And then that's that's where the true salvation comes from of just being all in, letting God take control because we have control over nothing. Right. Yeah. It would have been a good movie had they not had it so emotional. Right. They made I it agree. so emotional, and and I realized they made it emotional because Christians are emotional too. Yeah. They're no different in the world, and so but it would have been a very good movie had they not done that. It was yeah. just too much emotion. Yeah, I agree. And I like the debate of the, the guy versus the other person. There was, uh, I, I just happened to run across it yesterday, and I watched it. And there was a scene where this guy was a lawyer, and he was dating some woman that was doing something else. And <clears throat> so they were dating, 
And then this lawyer got this position with this law firm, and they met at this cafe, he and his girlfriend, to tell her about it. And so when they got there, they were sitting there about to have dinner, and he was like, I have good news, really good news. And she, and she was sad, and she said, she said, I have news too. And uh, he's like, but I have really good news. And so she said, all right, what's your news? I got accepted at this law firm, right? Uh, and then finally, they asked, he asked her, what, was your, what is your news? And she said, I have cancer. And she was all depressed and sad. And, and, and so when, he, when she said that to him, he just looked at her. He like, couldn't that wait until another time? You had to tell me now. I have this good news that you got cancer. I don't want to hear that. And she was so disappointed. <clears throat> and she said to him, I thought you were a better man than that or something, right? I thought I saw a better man in you. <clears throat> and uh, he said, well, you saw what you wanted to see. I'm like, that's deep. And if you really, really think about it, we see what we want to see in others. And what we see is what we want and because we think we're getting something back. And so when the thing go wrong, instead of admitting, yeah, I was blind, I saw what I wanted to see, I blame you or you blame the other person that it was them. But you really see what you want to see. And the reason you see what you want to see because every human being has an agenda. You're not... Until you overcome it, no one is with each other just because you just want to be with each other. That's why you have no real friends, no real family, because there's an agenda. You want something from each other. That's why you end up fighting when you don't get it. Have y'all noticed that? <coughs> Excuse me. My throat is dry. If you really think about your life, everyone you've ever been with, you wanted something from them. And if it didn't go your way, you fight. Or you walk away mad. We're not supposed to have an agenda for one another. But in that fallen state, we can't help it. We really can't help it. The one thing I realize is that, and I realize this about me, when you start to wake up, you re, if you stay with it, and you stay with, that, with the prayer, being still, and this is your first time, right? Oh, I forgot, man. I don't want to overlook. No, what are you about to cry? Tell me, tell me your name and how did you hear about it? Uh, my name is Joshua. Um, I just happened across, I think, your videos on YouTube yeah. about eight years ago, seven right. years ago. So I've been watching intermittently. Right on. Any questions about anything? Uh, not really. I, I, I appreciate what you're doing. I just, I actually ran into Ermius yesterday, and so I, I felt like uh, I, better, I better get down there. And right on. It seemed like a sign to me. Did you go and forgive? Uh, yeah, I have forgiven my and mother. And how did it go? Father. It went well. It nice. went well. My mother is uh, kind of like you said. Uh, she's the nice mom, so she's she's a little bit. She was a little bit more like, oh, well, I'm, you know, I'm happy that you forgave me, and she start kind of trying to twist it up a little bit, and I yeah. just kind of said, hey, look, it's it's not for you know, it's not for you. It's it's for me. Yeah. So, that, so how are you doing that. now? I'm doing well. You forgive I'm your father well. too? I have. Yes. Yeah, man. Yeah. Are you doing the prayer? 
I do do the silent prayer. I do fall asleep sometimes. I, I work long hours, right. uh, so I do fall asleep sometimes at night when I'm doing it. But I do it. In well, the first yeah, thing make in the sure you do well. it. Eventually, that'll go away too. Yes, you sir. stop falling asleep. Yes, sir. You stop falling asleep. Stay with it, man. All right. Right on. Any question? No, not yet. Okay. Not yet. The one. Th well, I'm glad you're here, man. If any question, let me know. I'm excited to be here. Thank the you. one thing I realized, I have never in my whole life had a problem. Since I popped out of my mama's womb, I've never had a problem. But I spent a lifetime thinking that I did. Ain't that weird? We really, nobody, there's not one person on this earth who has a problem. But they live like, because they believe that they do. All is really well, but because I lived an illusion in my imagination, because when I became angry, I went into the darkness of my imagination escape there trying to survive, right? And I start living from there, not realize that I was living in darkness. And only thing that was happening was hell being built. There was no chance for peace at all. No chance. And I didn't know it. I just didn't know it. I didn't know it. And then I didn't, when I was a, a, a Christian a long time ago, before I woke up, I thought I believed in God and I did not. I did not believe in him. That's why nothing was working. Reading the Bible and just praying is not doing it. Being nice is not doing it. And because I didn't know that I didn't believe in God, I didn't trust him. I would say it, but I really didn't mean it. It sounded good to say it, right? And because I didn't trust him, I didn't know that things would, he would make things really truly work out. He would take over and it's not, it's not, he would literally, you know how you believe in the devil, right? And the devil made everything look like it's going to work, but it doesn't. But you still believe in the devil. Anybody knows you believe in the devil? Everybody believes in the devil. But you don't know it because you, you don't know you're in the darkness of the devil. You don't know you in your imagination. It's nothing but the devil. It's nothing but evil. There's no good. So you have a lot of trust in it. And then... And, and, and you try to make one thing work. If that didn't work, you try to make another thing work. If that didn't work, you try something else. Because the mind is so conflicted and, and so screwed up, it doesn't matter what you try to make it work, it never works. No matter what you do. Oh, I think I'll go out and make a million dollars today. You make a million dollars and you're still unhappy because you're in the imagination. My brother... My brother, if I don't forgive my brother, I'm going to be guilty. I feel guilty for not forgiving him, so I can't live, right? It's coming from the darkness of imagination. It's literally not true at all. It's all lies. And so I didn't know until I realized that I'm going to be all in. I just want to see what this God thing is all about, right? And I'm going to be all, I'm just going to let life happen. I didn't know that he would not let you fall. I didn't know that he would work things out because I had trusted the imagination so much. And I want you to know, you gotta come out of the imagination. It's all lies. Everything about it is an illusion. Everything about it. There's no love in it. There's nothing but hate. There's no, no way to, to, to live a full life in the imagination. No way. Everything it tells you to do would not work. Everything it tells you to do. There's not one thing that the imagination tells you to do, and it's going to work. It gives you one thing to do, and as soon as you start doing it, it, come, it comes up with something else.
and it comes up with something else. You need a better whatever, right? You need to divorce this woman and get another woman. You need to something. It's all lies. It's an illusion. It's not even real. And that's because the imagination is of time. And God is not of time. In him there is no time. It just is all the time. And when you just live that way, especially when you get to know yourself, and you go and forgive and you let go, it's amazing. But you can literally be free right here. You, you really don't have to take any thought about anything. Not what you're going to wear, where you're going to live, how much money you need, how much money you have or don't have. Taking thought about money is evil. Because when you really think about it, you never have enough. Oh, I need to make more money. Oh, I need this, I need that. It's just a setup. God will provide that too. He really will. Satan have you confused about it because he wants you to get a life from it. He wants it to be important to you, whereas God doesn't want it to be important to you at all. There's not one thing on this earth or one person on this earth that God would want you to make important to you. And yeah, everybody's important to one another. And when it doesn't go the way you think it's going to go, or the way you hope, it's, it become a mess. Right? That all of a sudden, that important person, you don't like them anymore, and they don't like you. But I was so important before. Really, there's nothing, there's no reason to be holding on to the darkness. You must be born again. You must come into the light. Otherwise, you're going to suffer and die unnecessarily. You can really, really trust God, but you got to let go of the ego. You got to let it go. When someone offends you, be glad about it. They just call me an Uncle Tom. That's fine. I'm Uncle Tom. If you're affected by it, that means that it's, you got to overcome that. So they're doing you a favor by allowing you to see the things in yourself that you don't see. That's what's happening. But a lot of people take the ego pain personal and they don't face it. They don't overcome. You hurt my feelings. And you shouldn't have feelings. Feelings are not of God. God is not into the feelings. You got to really let yourself go through this stuff so you can overcome it. Don't fight with the ego. And it's going to be very, very painful but the ego is dying and you're coming alive. As I walk through the shadow of death, you're coming alive because the ego is dying and you're going to rise from it and finally have a life. But you got to die. What are y'all thinking? Why are y'all looking at me like that? <laughs> that makes sense a little bit? How many here are not willing to completely die? You're not all in yet. You still protect the ego. No one, everyone let go of the ego? You, you're letting go? Oh, you're still protecting it? <clears throat> and, and why? And how do you know? Uh, I'm, I'm not protecting it willingly. It's just, it's a habit I have. And, and I noticed it. And I thought I lost it completely. Right. And then it's uh, cer certain things will tick me off. And I'll, look, I'll, I'll feel like a fool. Yeah, because I don't want it anymore. I yeah. want. I want to be. Um, I want to have humor and be humble at all times. You know, but I still. I still have ego. I see that. 
And so from now on, when that happens, just let it happen. Yeah. Don't judge yourself. Let's say that something happened and you overreact. Just realize, oh, that's stupid. And let it happen and you'll be fine. Yeah. Are you doing the silent prayer? I stopped for a little bit, but I restarted again last night. No, and I did it this morning too. No, you I, did? No, but I'm, I'm being honest. I did stop for a little bit. I, I, I'm full of shit. What made you stop? I'm so. Huh? You full of what? I'm full of shit. <laughs> How old are you? I'm 22. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, what made you stop, uh, stop doing it? Uh, you know, I, I don't even want to say anything because I feel like that would be an excuse. I just stopped. You just stop. Yeah. Do you realize Satan convinced you to stop? Yeah. Because the last thing the devil wants you to do is to let go. He wants you hooping and hollering. He wants you fighting mm -hmm. with yourself and with others. He wants you busy. He wants you on your iPhones all the time. He wants you watching TV all the time. He wants you drunk or high or something. Because as long as you're doing that, he has control over you. But when you stop doing that, he lose control. And, and so he's glad that you're not doing it. Well, no, no, I know. He, uh, I, I mean, I've, I've, always, I've always seen that uh, being at peace is when, is when you're, you're with God and he doesn't want you to be at peace. And, you know, like I made all these excuses not to do because I've been uh, working a lot and putting a lot of ideas together with my friend or by myself. And I come home like at 12 or 1 a.m. And I, I'm just like, oh, I'm too tired. You know, yeah. just stupid excuses. Another mistake you're making, too, is not you that's making up those excuses. Yeah. You don't make excuses. You listen to the voice in your head. Oh, yeah, I know. And I, it sounds like you, and so you do it. Oh, you know, I, I noticed that because uh, even last night um, when, I, when I was praying, um, I, I noticed that uh, obviously I was putting, putting the elephant in the cage and I wasn't humoring it at all, but I noticed that I, I couldn't stop thinking. Even if I wanted to, I noticed I couldn't. And so yeah. I, I just allowed it to happen. At a, at a certain point, it was just serene, you know? But in the beginning, it was just all these ideas coming out and all these yeah. thoughts and all these images I saw. And um, you, you can't stop that. You just have to sit in it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Amazing. Now, go back to the prayer and stay with it. Yeah. How many of you have fear, inner fear? You have fear. Nobody else has fear. And, okay, only three people, right? No one else in here have fear. Nice. Um, what do you fear? It's inwardly. <laughs> well, uh, I fear uh, the, uh, what's going on. You never know who's going to attack you in the streets, you know. But I don't, I'm not going to allow them to attack me, right? So... Uh, it depends on your definition of fear. You know, could it be concern? Could you it should, be? Uh, uh, especially, you should have, uh, be aware to physically protect yourself. Yeah. You're supposed to be that practical yeah. fear. But there's an inward fear too. Yes. Where a lot of people deal with because they believe their imagination and whatever anything happens, they, the first reaction is a fear to it. Do you have that? Uh, yes, I do. Um, I fear that by defending myself from some crazy person out in the street, as it happened a couple of weeks ago, what if 
by defending myself, I, I accidentally kill that person, and then I'm going to jail for defending myself. Right. You know, that's the, you know, I, I have my whole life ahead of me, you know, so, but I'm, but I'm not going to allow a bum in the street to, <laughs> you know, attack me, right? I mean, I got to defend myself, right? I, I totally mean, understand what you're saying. You know, yeah. And this young lady want to respond oh, to you yeah. about that. She want to tell you how to overcome that. Because you don't have fear, right? No. no, I don't. And so what would you, if, if he said that to you, what would you say to him? Um, you kind of have to be aware of yourself first. Be aware that um, if you do have some sort of internal conflict, that it's something that you have to see for yourself. And um, if you have, if you're thinking that you might hurt a person, if you're thinking, some, if you're making up these scenarios in your head that don't exist, you're only creating these thoughts that will confuse you more, that will take you out of the present moment and yeah. then maybe something will happen because you're not paying attention to yourself so pay attention she's absolutely right like you you said what if i have to defend myself and i kill that person mm. now i'm in jail mm. i don't want to live like that you're listening to the devil because you live in a future that doesn't exist and so if you don't overcome that you're going to get killed because you're going to be afraid to defend yourself thinking about what's going to happen if you defend yourself. But if you just live present in the present with God, you would do what you have to do and let the next moment take care of itself. You don't know what's going to happen in the future. Yeah. And so you're living in illusions. That's what I was saying. We don't have problems. We just have illu illusions. Everybody that live in their head, and mo all people do until they overcome it, they're living a lie. They're living an illusion. And they're living in the past or the future, and it's, it's messing you up. It's keeping you down. Yeah. And Christ came that we may not live in the past or the future. We should live now. He came, he is life, and he came that we may have life, not death, but life. Yeah, but in the moment when someone attacks you, and if you happen to have some, like, you know, I work in landscaping. If you have a tool that could be used to cut a branch or something, you you could use it to cut someone's head off, you know, and then but someone comes at you with a weapon. All that though, why no, are you into that? No, uh, because it happened to me, you know. Uh, you I cut had somebody's head off. Huh? You cut a head off? No, no, I, I didn't. But it could have been used to cut someone's head off, you but know. But it didn't though. It didn't, no, because I didn't. Yeah. But, so it didn't. So be done with it. <laughs> well, yeah, but don't do it if thinking about it. Yeah. I mean, uh, at the moment, you know, you have to defend yourself, you know, because there's a lot of these crazy people that I know. pull out knives and stuff. <coughs> and they, if you have something on you, you got to pull it out too, right? I mean, at the moment, right? I mean, right, it's but not your intention. It's, I know, but it's your you instinct it, to defend yourself. Wait until that moment comes. Like the young lady was saying, be present in this moment and let the moment happen, and you'll be able to see and do the right thing. Well, at that moment, I saw what it was necessary to pull that guy, but to push still, that guy. <laughs> you're still tripping about it, though. Well, yeah, but, uh, yeah. Do you see that? Yeah. It has you thinking about what if. What if, what if, what if. Don't do the what ifs. Have a way to see. Well, yeah, but you know what's going on right now. You don't ever know who's going to pull a knife on you and, you know, or do something to you. You know, you got to... But if you live in the present, you'll be, you'll be ready. Well, in that presence, 
when they pull that out, I mean, hey, you know, you got to pull out whatever you have, right? I mean, you know, to. But you're missing the point, I think. Is he missing the point? Right here in the black and white. She want to help you get the point. I think you just have to stay in the moment and not think of scenarios that haven't happened yet because they don't exist. It is so amazing to live in the presence of God. Really. You're not going to be feeling anything. You're not going to have any worries. It is just, it's like amazing to live in the presence outside of the darkness, but to live in the light. To live in the light. Y'all understand this? It, it really is. So you got to come out of the darkness of your imagination. Yes. I just, to, I just wanted to add on to that. Um, I've been thinking about this for the last week, and it's, it's very interesting that we're talking about this right now. Since Satan doesn't have access to the present of God, right. he only has access to the future and the past. So if you notice that you're thinking about the past or you're dreading the future, you are in hell, literally. Yes. And you have to get yourself in the present because you're worshiping Satan if you're thinking in the past or the future. Absolutely. And you have to sit with yourself and understand yourself and recognize if you're doing that or not. You and I see. want you to know you can't make yourself be that way. You cannot make yourself live in the present. It's a spiritual thing. And only God could cause it to happen. And he caused it to happen for those who are truly seeking him. If you're true, he will cause it to happen. Because if you seek, you will find. But you got to get on that path and stay there. No matter what. Let everybody else go crazy. You stay on the path. And it will happen. It really will. Yes, sir. To uh, his question, um, one thing I noticed about my life is that if I'm planning for some perceived event or some yeah. something, in, if I'm planning something in my head, it literally, when it happens, or if it happens at all, it, nothing, the outcome is nothing like what it, the whole thing that conspired in my head. It's, it's literally nothing. And, and another thing I noticed is that people... Um, People have those kind of ideas, and then when something happens, they do the wrong thing, and it's either overboard, maybe they, yeah. maybe they do kill someone and they shouldn't have, or they get killed themselves, or, you know, it, it's, it's just not right. Something about the way they do it is Absolutely. actually puts themselves in more harm. So, There's nothing, there's not one idea in the imagination that's right. Not one idea is not right. It's never right. You have never made a decision in your whole life. All your decisions came from darkness. All of them. That's why you decided to go to Howard University. You get there, you don't like it there. You know what I'm saying? Because all ideas coming from the devil. And so when you <coughs> walk in the light, all ideas will come from God. You don't have to worry about ideas or plans or anything. He would, he would do what the devil's doing for you. It will be done in the light. It will be done of love and work. So you got to let all of your ideas go. Now, there's another thing you may want 
meatloaf for dinner tonight. That's a practical plan. I want to, what do I want for dinner? I want meatloaf. They don't make meatloaf anymore, right? I've had meatloaf in so long. I think I'll go get some meatloaf. But practical ideas are fine. There's no other reason to be thinking that you're coming up with ideas and with plans. You gotta let them all go. Anybody disagree with that? Oh, good. Let me go to the disagreeer. <coughs> right here. I don't need a microphone. I got a big voice. No, we need it. What do I disagree with? Yeah. You say you disagree with that, right? I disagree that all thoughts are all lies all the time. You do. And, and why do you disagree? I'm pleased because this is the first time I remember in all the times I've listened to you that you acknowledge that whether you want meatloaf or not is okay. Uh, a practical mind. That's what the mind is for. Like a, a tool to help <coughs> put together the dinner and once the dinner's done, you're done with it. If I am the first one to come up with the wheel, it came from my imagination. It had nothing to do with whether or not I wanted meatloaf. Therefore, the wheel comes from the devil. Is that true? <clears throat> Your idea of a wheel came from God. He gave us to know things like that, what to do. But if it comes from the imagination, you wouldn't have a wheel. And if you got one, it wouldn't work. Okay. So man's belief that his imagination created things is just God revealing those things Absolutely. to mankind. Yes, sir. Otherwise, they would not work. Okay. I'm good with that. Uh, nice. Thank you. <clears throat> right here. Yeah. Um, just and I got to ask my biblical question. Just a quick thing to add on to that, because I a while back I was struggling with similar things. From what I understand is, you know, the need for your wheel in your scenario, uh, your mind is, you know, it's a practical use, right? Your hunger tells you, I, w I need to eat, I want meatloaf, done and done. Yeah. I need to roll this thing, whatever that might be, but it comes from a practical space. Uh, and that helped me to differentiate the idea of, Oh, this all thoughts, all lies must be wrong. It must be wrong. I know better. Uh, and then I was able to let that go. So. Another thing about that, too, to add to it, uh, people who create things, because they think it's coming from their imagination, they take credit for it. Look mm -hmm. how wonderful I am. You know, I, I, made, a, I made a wheel. <laughs> but if you were not in your imagination and you created the wheel, you would know it came from God. And you would not take credit for it at all. Yeah, it's, awesome. yeah. it's amazing. I'm, and I'm, I'm getting into it because I'm <laughs> staying with it, right? I've been doing the silent prayer for 33 years. And I've seen all kinds of people fall to the wayside. I, so far, thank God, I've been able to stay on track because of him. Because I've always, since I was a kid, wanted to know God. I've always wanted to know, what is it like to, because I heard about it in the churches. You know, you're supposed to have peace on earth. Uh, God is better than Satan. If you're a son of God, you're supposed to have a life. So I wonder, 
I used to wonder, what is that like? That's why when I was a kid, I used to ask God to do little things for me so I could be sure it was him, right? I remember once I asked him to let it rain. I'm like walking down the road, and I'm like, okay, if there's a God, let it rain right now. It was a bright daylight today, <clears throat> and lo and behold, it started raining. It didn't rain on me, it rained in front of me. And then it just went, I'm like, wow. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> and then I remember another day I asked, I'm like, all right, if there's a God, and I want to be like real specific, just in case the rain just happened to fall or something, right? I'm like, let it thunder in the west or the east or something like that. And it's thunder in the west or the east, whatever I ask for. It just starts thundering. And I'm like, wow, that's amazing. That's the kind of faith you're going to get when you come out of the imagination. Whatever you ask for, you'll get it. He'll do it, He'll do it for you because he loves us. He, Satan hates us and God loves us. And God will treat us the way Satan treats y'all. God will treat us better. Yes. Let me take here and then. Just to add to what the gentleman said, um, if you notice, when, you, when you're trying to do something you don't know how to do, your mind tells you how to do it. And Absolutely. when you find, and it's usually partially wrong or maybe all wrong. It's never going to work. And then if you find somebody who knows what they're doing, then you realize, oh, I just messed this whole thing up. Your mind actually tells you what to do and how to do it if you don't know. Yeah. And you listen. I realized that if you were to walk in the spirit of Christ, you would never have to ask another human being anything about spirituality. You would never have to ask. If you read the Bible, so I, I saw read the Bible again a little bit, and I'm reading through the New Testament. If you pay attention to Christ, Christ never asks a human being about spirituality. He asked anyone. If he wanted to know the Father's will, he would go pray and know the Father's will. But he never asked anyone for anything. Anyone ever paid that attention to that in the Bible? You don't ever hear that Christ went and talked to the bishop. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Christ never went and talked, let's have a uh, fellowship so I can find out what the pastor has to say. Because he was walking in the spirit of his father. His father's spirit was in him. And that spirit is in us too. But you got to let go of the other spirit. And he will answer all your questions. And that's what it means to walk in the spirit of Christ. Is to walk in the present with him. Walk in his spirit. You would never have to ask about spirituality again. Isn't that amazing? Oh, it really is true. Because just think, oh, I'll get into all that later. I saw somebody's hand. Oh, yeah, right here. Yeah, in the Bible it says, uh, there's a verse that a lot of people will skip, especially pastors. It says, don't let man be your teacher. Yes. And uh, a lot of times I see people fall away from God because they're following a man instead of God. Absolutely. 100%. Whenever people get mad at the preacher... And instead of blaming themselves, they blame the preacher. Instead of admitting, you know what, I'm following the preacher. 
That's why if the preacher don't act right or say something I don't like or this, they get mad at the preacher and they'll blame the preacher that they were following the preacher. They're following the preacher. And a lot of preachers will let you follow them because they're on an ego trip. Intellectually, they know the word, but they don't know the word. They're not trying to make you stay with you. They want to control you. That's right. And a lot of them out there like that, right? They want to control you. But it's your fault that you let them control you. You worship the, the preacher instead of the father. And you can always tell. So next time you blame the preacher, just know you were worshiping the preacher, following the preacher. Because everyone who followed the preacher, they blame the preacher. If you're not following the preacher, you won't blame the preacher. You know what I'm saying? Because you'll see for yourself. And if the preacher get drunk, the preacher got drunk. Oh, I heard the preacher drunk last night. The preacher got drunk. It ain't going to bother you because you're not following the preacher. The preacher is just a human being, too. All born in sin, and the preacher working all overcoming, too. He's no different than you. But you blame all excuse makers. Blame somebody else because they're weak, and they're giving their lives over to somebody else. And when it doesn't go well, they blame the other person. That's why they're complaining. They're weak. Amazing. Okay, let me take here first, and then I come here, all right? And then I got to get to my biblical question. Time to go up uh, Yes. Earlier, uh, we were mentioning about uh, ideas and uh, inventions like the wheel. Right. So the person who invented the wheel or invented anything, are they not in, that's useful for, the, for humanity? Are they not entitled for compensation? Like, you know, if I invented something that's beneficial for everyone, I should patent it. So should... Yeah, you patent laws uh, if shouldn't that's exist. That's when you earn a living, absolutely. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But, it, but if you think it came from your imagination, you take credit for it. Look well, how wonderful I am. There's a lot I'm, of people I'm, who take I'm, credit for inventions, you know. So. Right, because yeah. they think they did it. They don't realize it came from God. They're yeah. taking credit for it. Yeah, it's like my uh, mom used, used to say, thank God for everything, you know. Whatever uh, medicine that comes out, you know, thank God for it. You know, yeah. God, it's always God, yeah. Right on. That's true, yeah. Nice. All right. Yes, sir. Oh, no, go ahead. Uh, touching on that spirituality question, um, it's like you can't really, I mean, we got to be really insecure to believe or think that someone knows you better than you know yourself. Yes. Uh, you know, again, when you overcome, all, you know, the ego and everything that comes with it, you completely understand that your, your compass is the father and you're just kind of going through life and just let everything, you know, happen when it happens and then just deal with it at that present moment. 100%. Again, adding to like what he, you know, him talking about his, you know, thinking about people, you know, assaulting him or whatever. I mean, that's, you're not there, so you can't even adapt to that. Once you're there, you have another thing to adapt to at, at that present moment. So it's just continuously being in the presence. Absolutely. Stay in the present. Really. You're really free right now. None of you, all of you are free right now. But you believe the lie. You're really free right now. Nobody has a problem. Except that Satan is lying to you. And he's making you create problems. And then blame others for it. Because problem makers don't ever take responsibility for making a problem. It's always somebody else. You don't say, well, I'm a problem maker. I made that problem. <laughs> but no, somebody else did it. You always blame it somebody else. 
I feel jealous. It's your fault. You made me mad. Well, I wouldn't be angry if you didn't make me angry. How many times have you heard that? How can I make you angry if it's not already there? You know what I'm saying? But they, instead of saying, you know what, I am angry. And don't blame it. You get over it. All right. I got a, any other questions about anything? I got to ask my biblical question here. What is it? The what? The new one or the old one? The old one first. Is there any good in human nature? Is there any good in human nature? What an amazing question, right? This young lady want to answer first, then I come to you guys. No, I don't think so. You don't think so? No. And why do you say that? Because I think if we tried to do anything on our own will, we would never do it. Just because naturally, I think as humans, we have ego. Speak and up a little bit. Naturally, as humans, I think we have ego and pride. So I think if we tried to do things, right, whether that's reaching out to someone, saying that we don't resent them, I don't think we would ever do it. We is, have to, like, allow God to work through us in order to actually do and move. Is there any good in your nature? In my nature? No, in your nature. No. No? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's all right, right on. <laughs> and did you have, is it hard to realize that, to accept that? No. That you're no good? No. <laughs> you like to think of yourself as being good? No. Oh, you don't? <laughs> no. Good. Is that right, Hassan? Oh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> um, is there any good in human nature? Uh, no, I don't believe so. And why don't you believe so? Because I think about it like if we're both in the water and we're both drowning, I'm going to pull you down to try to save myself. It's just that's our nature to do anything to survive. Oh, okay. So I don't, I don't believe Amazing. human nature is good. No. Okay. Nice. Yes, sir. Did you have your hand? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't believe there's any good in human nature. Uh, I thought about it a lot all week, and it's funny. We touched on the all thoughts are all lies, which is probably your most well-known, I think, statement that people question, at least that I interact with. But I kept coming back to another one you use um, that I love that's... Uh, of ourselves, we know nothing, and of ourselves, we can do nothing. We are as dumb as a doorknob. <laughs> really. We ain't got no sense. Yeah. But we like to think that we're smart. <laughs> right? Ain't nobody smart. Not one. And yeah. that's that. Uh, and that, that one is kind of what you said the last time I spoke about the wheel and all that is um, we don't do good. If we can forgive and let the darkness fade by the light from the Father, from truly like walking the narrow path, then uh, we may be blessed to experience the, the Spirit compelling us to do something great, but it's not us. Is there any good in your nature? No, no. It's only by the, the grace of the Holy Spirit would anything good come of this vessel. It's not me. Nice. Let me take the new guy first, and then I'll come. This is so good, and then my friend got to tell us how to overcome it. There's no good nature. Yes. Um, to me, <coughs> there, uh, there's no good in our human nature. 
um, because the question that comes to me is that if there is good in our nature, um, then that would mean that we could solely rely on ourselves, on the yeah. goodness in ourselves. And um, I'm, I'm pretty sure a lot of us realize that we can't just solely rely on the goodness in ourselves. There, there is no goodness in us. And at one point, did you think there was good in you? Yeah, I used to think that I can that I can decide what is good and what is not good. Yeah, but what, what a mess up. Yeah, huh? yeah. <laughs> what a life. We are. It's so. What's so interesting about this? We, in this darkness, we're just living crazy, messed up lives. It's so unnecessary. When we could just be free all the time, all the time. Let me take you. I'm in a red shirt. I think my allergy, the allergy is getting to me. <laughs> right, hate. Yeah. I think that's what it is. Because hate be going. <laughs> uh, to answer your question, no, I don't think there's any good in human nature. How about your nature? No, there's did no good, because I'm human. Did you think there was good, goodness in your nature before? Uh, yeah, I did. I think... This all happens, and now that I'm a parent, I see it, that it starts from, from your, your, that's why you say you're born in sin. Right. It's, it's there. Absolutely. And then you just grow with it, and then you, you either grow into the bad, or you grow out of it, and you follow God. Yeah. And I think, you know, the minute you, you know, I'll speak for myself, the minute we wake up, you start going in your head, and you start thinking about, you know, what am I going to do, what am I going to wear, all those things. And that's, and all those things tend to bring you down, or Absolutely. you start getting upset. So from the second you wake up to the second you fall asleep, there's, there's you know, toxic going on in your head. And then you, you cook it inside, and then you, you take it out on those that you care about. And it just, it's just it negative. The devil's fighting everywhere. So I think if there was true goodness in our nature, we wouldn't have to do the silent prayer. We wouldn't have to be still and let God work through. We're, we're not. Peace on earth. Right. Absolutely would. I remember... Uh, I would just say that, you know, ever since I popped out of my mama's womb, the living my imagination, right? I remember I was dating this girl, my first girlfriend. I was 15, and she was somewhat 15, too, or something. And so we dated for a while, and then after a while, we broke up. And so years went by, and I moved to California, and like 30 years went by, maybe longer, but 30 for sure. And I finally talked to her on the phone one day. Her sister hooked us up. I was out here, but she was over there. And the first thing she said to me, you cheated on me. That's the first thing she said in 30 years. Not how you doing? <laughs> Where you been? How's life? She said, you cheated on me. I'm like, you remember that from 30 years ago? What the? <laughs> but she did. And so I would think about that. I'm like, well, had I not been living in my imagination, I wouldn't have cheated on her. So now I got to call and tell her. No, I'm playing. I ain't tell her nothing. <laughs> but the fact she remembered that, but it was because I was in, my, in the darkness of my imagination. In that sin thing, I didn't know it. Didn't really know it. Isn't that amazing? Come out of your head, folks. Really, come out. Of, if I could bring you out, I would. It's so amazing. Uh, how you doing, man? Everything going, what's on your mind? Any, any questions about anything? Um, <clears throat> the silent prayer, I hear you talk about it a lot, but as a new listener, I haven't heard 
exactly what it is, like a full explanation of what you're supposed to do in the song. Oh, okay. Um, I would like to know a little bit about that. What did, you know, uh, God said to be still and know me. He said, of ourselves, we know nothing. Of ourselves, we can do nothing. So that means we don't have to do anything. And so what, what it does is, is slow you down. It stops you from begging and whining about things, you know, praying about things you have no idea about. Uh, it caused you to give up and let go so God can bring you out of the darkness of your thoughts, out of the imagination, and cause you to walk in the light with him. Like a meditation? Well, you know, it's an observation because we are one with our thoughts until we overcome that. And so we believe in all lies all the time. So what he would do is bring you out of the dark. This is your, this is your thought. These are your thoughts. This is you. He'll bring you out of there. And, and the light will shine on the night you so that you can stop identifying with it. And, and the light will destroy the darkness. And after a while, it won't be an issue in your life at all. You'll just walk in perfect peace with all things. Another question, um, going back to what we were talking about. And it's not meditation. You don't want to hold on to anything. Okay. Don't hold on to a thought. Don't, don't suppress it. Don't try to control it. Don't do anything but watch it. You're the watcher. God created us, breathed life in us, and we became a living being. And all we have to do is watch and live. Okay. Um, practical thoughts versus devil thoughts. Um, the man who was, had the preoccupation with being attacked by a homeless person, which seems reasonable here in L.A., would a practical thought be, I'm going to move to a safer neighborhood. I'm going to get some sort of self-defense training. Or is that something that yes. comes from the... Those are practical thoughts. Okay. You, what is the line then between, um, we talked about having meatloaf at home, having something to eat. Right. Is I'm going to have enough food for the week at home because um, I don't ha have the chance to run to the grocery store again. Practical thought? Yes. Okay. Where is the line then where it becomes obsessive, devil thoughts number one is when you think about the past or the future okay that but is, thinking about the future as in do i have enough food at home for the week or i'm afraid of the neighborhood that i live in i would like to um seek some sort of self-defense training that's future thinking right no uh let's say that violence is happening as is happening in california right yeah and you want to learn to defend yourself oh i'll go and take a class of self-defense right you don't have to do a lot of thinking about that you know you're going to do it. You just go and learn it to defend yourself, and you're done with the thinking. Does it come in repetitive thoughts or obsessing over something where kind of the devil thoughts come into this? Yes. Okay. When you worry about anything, overreact to anything, um, anytime you think about tomorrow or yesterday, you're in your imagination. Okay. Because you're thinking about an illusion, something that does not exist. There is no tomorrow. And whatever happened yesterday happened then, then, and it doesn't exist anymore except in the imagination. Okay. Say to remind you of it because he wants to get a reaction from you. He wants you to overreact. And every time you overreact, he controls you even more. He'll give you something else to think about. And you'll find yourself into that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Did I that do. help? A bit. I still, <laughs> the difference between a practical and a non-practical thought planning for the future is still... Um, have you ever dated? Yes. And have you ever wondered if your girlfriend loved you or not? Sure. That's a dark thought. Okay. 
what, could some of that be practical? Like if no. we've been in a relationship for years and I don't think that I'm loved, perhaps I should continue, not continue the relationship. That's a good point, man. If you've been in a relationship for years and you don't think that you're loved, you think you should end it, right? That seemed to be a, would seem to be a practical thought to me. No, that's a devil thought. Okay. Because why would you need to be loved by her? I guess to know that you have, um, if you wanted to start a family and have a kid and do all of that, I would want to have that with somebody who I could trust and would have that love in a relationship with. It would be reliable. I wouldn't want to start a family and have a kid and buy a house and have a mortgage with somebody who did not feel, I guess, the way that um, right. I would feel. You have a better chance of having a family that will work without looking for love from anyone. Yeah. You would love them, meaning don't hate them, right? You won't be angry. Sure. And that's what will work for you. And if you have love, you don't need love from another human being. Yeah. And you would see, because you walk in the light, you would see the kind of woman you're getting with before you even start a family. Okay. Because it would be impossible to start a family and it not be the right wife if you walk in the light. It would be the right one for you, the right person. And there would be no thought about if she loved me or not. Or if she's going to be a good wife and a mother, you have no doubt about it. Okay. You would see it clearly. But if you're in your imagination, you're trying to pick the right one. You're trying to prove that she loves you or you love her. You're trying to prove this and that and all go wrong. You end up marrying still the wrong person and it'd be nothing but hell. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So that's a, different, a good example as well. Okay. Do you look for love from women? No, You've probably never, not. Have you ever done that? I guess it's furthered a relationship before. If I felt like I um, was receiving love and giving it in return, that would seem to be the sign of a healthy relationship and make something that I would per, uh, pursue more than something where I felt like it wasn't um, reciprocated and given by me. Speak up a little bit. Um, uh, if I was in some sort of a relationship where I didn't feel like I was getting or giving love, that would probably change my feelings on pursuing the relationship. Yeah, yeah. Real love doesn't need to be loved back. Like God give us love, right? God in Christ, Christ in man, man over woman, woman over children. And so the love is just passed on. So if you have real love, you don't need it back from anybody or anything. Not even your kids. Because you're given the love, you already have love, it's not missing. And then the wife would pass it on to the children and so on and so on. And you will too to the children. So you don't need it back. Anybody that's looking for love back is in darkness. They're on an ego trip. If you don't love me, I ain't going to love you. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. So it's all ego. Okay. That makes sense? Yes. Right on. Thank you. You're welcome, man. Uh, did I see your hand up? And then here. Um, and I and just to add, I used to, I was a beta male too. <laughs> and I used to want some love. You ain't love me, I ain't gonna love you. You crazy, right? But I don't care now about love from anybody. Really, just, and that's what happened in the light because you have love. And if you have love, you don't need to try to get love. You're just giving it, it's just flowing through you. All right? Yes. I think of the practical thoughts, just to add to what you said, as the things that you see, like, for instance, if someone mentioned uh, a rough neighborhood, maybe you need to take some 
some uh, self-defense classes, right? So you, you realize, okay, this is a rough neighborhood. That's like, you, it's right. revealed to you. You can see that, right? So yeah. the, the, the next thing is to do that. Everybody. You know. I remember once I got really fat and I saw in the mirror I was fat. That's all I needed to see. <laughs> <laughs> I took the practical, practical moves and I went to the gym. You know what I'm saying? I didn't need to think about being fat anymore. I was convinced. You know, so I did what I need to do to get it off. All right? Whoever said that? Yeah. Um, God, a lot of hands. Yes, sir. And then I, I got to say this, and we got to end. Look at the time hour. It's already gone. Oh, nice. I got a quick question. I wanted to answer the biblical question also. Okay. But... Uh, Speaking on love, that was a question I, I was actually thinking about asking, but I forgot. So wh what is love to your, in your definition? It's not hating. We don't have anger, you have perfect love. Oh, okay. So not hating. Right. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I'd like to answer the biblical question. Okay, let me, let me do it. I ain't put it out there yet, boy. I ain't put it, no. Uh, the biblical question, is there any good in human nature? Uh, my answer will be no, and because we there's really two people in us. We have the bo we have the body, and we have the spirit, which is actually not us; it's the spirit of God. And uh, our body are like animal. We're like animals. Yeah. And the spirit is what guides us. And the average person listens to their body, and doesn't listen to the spirit. Doesn't listen to God. So in human nature, our human nature wants selfishness. It wants to apply to our ego. It, uh, it's pride. It's angry. Yeah. It can't forgive. But our spiritual nature, if we listen to it, it could forgive. It could be humble. And, uh, and it could love Right on. by forgiving. It's like men try to get love for women. Women ain't got no love. And the men go nuts when they can't get it. And then they look for another woman because they try to get some love. They don't have it. They receive it. So stop it. So because of time, I got to go here. I was, <clears throat> I was, I raised my hand to actually speak exactly on that topic uh, uh, that I think is good for us to understand between men and women, the relationship that uh, <laughs> men uh, provide the love that comes from the father. Yes. Yeah. Agape love, where we're called to be sacrificing of ourselves, and women are not called to do that to men. Women are called to uh, respect and obey men. Obey. <laughs> I know. Don't marry a woman if she's not going to obey. Are you going to obey her, sir? Yes. All right. I, I need to hear you say it loud for everybody, all kind of witnesses. <laughs> yes. All right. You hear that, right? Okay. Absolutely, man. Yeah, it's, it's a distinction. It's very clear in the scriptures, but people don't really speak on that topic. But it, it makes a lot of sense if you see the yeah. way the world works. And if you see a peaceful family and a peaceful relationship, uh, the woman understands that. And the man understands his responsibility, therefore, to be, to be loving and sacrificial uh, as a father is. When I was growing up, women understood that for the most part. Rarely did you find a woman that did not obey her husband. This is why you can, but rare. Really. But it's all gone now. 
It was a mess. She wanted to say something? Did she have her hand for me? Oh, okay. So how does, so human nature is no good. There's nothing good in human nature. Zero. Zero. Nothing good in it. So how do you overcome that? The, the old nature. The human nature. Well, I feel how does like, one overcome that? I feel like a lot of people in here already expressed that. It's only the spirit can do that. Only allowing the spirit to rule your life and, and you know, not the enemy and not your own ideas and your own passions. Nice. Chris, how does someone over, a human overcome that nature? Uh, ditto to the <laughs> answer that was just given. Uh, well, it's really a matter of, like I said, it's, it's more of a, a revelation. I mean, you just have to experience it, basically. Um, if, you're, if you're suffering, that's not good, and you have to overcome, you have to overcome that or you're just going to continue to suffer. Uh, and when you're not suffering, you should realize that it's, it's not you that's causing it. So, therefore, so I that will happen. Just add to that, because we are out of time, you must be born again. You must be born again. And you must be born of the Father. You must be born of God. Uh, and because that old nature is of the devil, that human nature we're into, you, you can't change your mind and make it change. You must be truly born again of the Father's nature. And the way that that has to happen is you got to seek the Father, you must go forgive, so he can draw you in, and he would destroy that ego, that old human nature, which is the ego, which is the nature of the devil. That must be destroyed. And only the light of God can do that. And it ain't easy. I'm going to tell you right now, it ain't easy. Because you'll be in your mind, all these thoughts will be talking to you, and you'll have that ego pain, and it feels like it's in your body, it feels like it's in your mind, right? And you're, it's hard to let yourself go through that. But you got to be willing to die from it. You got to be willing to go into the deep of hell and write. That's what Christ did in three days, right? He went into the deep of hell. The old nature died. That human nature died from him, and he rose. We got to let the same thing happen. And it wasn't easy for Christ to go to hell. He had to do it because that, that the physical body hurt. You know, you feel pain in it, in the physical body. Likewise, Christ felt the pain in the physical body as well. But he knew the spirit because he was of the spirit. He was of the Father, the Spirit. We don't know the Spirit because we forgot about it when we fell into anger. We forgot. We are a spirit that live in a body. And that human nature, which is of Satan, live in that body. And that body, that nature in the body, have to die. If you don't experience that death, it ain't dead. And it's not going to all die at one time either. You wake up because salvation is of the heart. You wake up, and now you have the power of God, which is perfect love, to kill the ego for you, right? Because the ego is a spirit. And so you can now have the power of love to destroy the spirit of darkness, the spirit of darkness. And so you're going to have to let that happen. You can no longer protect it. And it's going to happen a little bit at a time, 
one day at a time. But if you just let it happen, all you do is watch it and let it happen, it will happen. The light will kill the darkness. And don't have any ideas about it because Satan is of ideas and Satan hate God and God hate him. They're they are not friends at all. <laughs> they are not friends. And so you let all your ideas, even about what I just said, let that go. Let it go in one ear and out the other and just let the spirit of the ego die. And you'll discover why it is dying. It'll be made clear. But the ego must die. So stop protecting the ego. Stop thinking that you're wonderful. Stop thinking that you're creative. Stop thinking that you're smart. Stop thinking that people love you. You love them. Stop thinking just all that stuff. Even with the Bible, don't hold on to the Bible. Because the ideas about the Bible will prevent the ego from being destroyed. No ideas. Ideas goes against God. And the human nature is evil. It is pure evil. There's nothing good about it. But it's not your nature. It was the nature you took on when you fell into a resentment. All right? So let it die. Do the silent prayer. Stay with it. Have that quiet time. And you're going to see it's going to be hard to sit still because the devil, the ego, cannot stand sitting still. It needs some attention. So when you get home and, and after work, have a quiet time for a minute before you run around. When you wake up in the morning, don't just grab the cell phone and looking at the cell phone. Ain't, no, nothing on there is important anyway. All lies. Have that quiet time. All right? Learn to be still. Satan's not going to want you to do it, but do it anyway. Because it's not you that's all uneasy about it. It's the devil. And when you go along with him, you're worshiping him. You're worshiping the devil. When you agree with the devil, you're worshiping him. When you have anger, you're worshiping the devil. When you doubt, you and the devil are one. So let it go. All right? Do the silent prayer and watch. And just go about your day and you'll be fine. Yes, sir. And don't complain about your death. It's not you dying. So The real you is not dying. And stop identifying with that. The real you is not dying. That's the ego and the not you. Yes. So all the God stuff is great and everything, but can we just get you to use that gaffle one time? I've seen it for years. Absolutely. <laughs> I had a little pad that go with it. And it, and it didn't. I'll use it in a minute. Let me do this. I got to make the, the, uh, the new biblical question. What is it? Uh, oh, do you have a showcase personality? Oh, yeah. Do you have a showcase personality? Only when I'm on camera. What? Only when I'm on camera. Yeah, I bet. That's a brand new biblical question. That's the end of the meeting. <laughs> Thank you all so much. I appreciate it. So listen.